Hello, and welcome to The Midlife with Kimberly Sampson and Tracy Feldstein. If you're over 40 and under dead, you're in the right place. Hey there, I'm Kimberly Sampson, and welcome to The Midlife Podcast, where we discuss tools and strategies to turn your midlife crisis into your midlife transformation. Some of what you'll hear is from the recipe I use to get myself out of my own midlife funk. Some of what we'll discuss draws on my career in finance and banking and my experiences with entrepreneurship. All of it, my personal experience and my professional expertise are yours to help you design your next best chapter and thrive. We'll also have a special segment called Reinvented sprinkled in every few weeks. You'll hear from inspiring women who have changed course after 40, proving it's never too late to start something new. Join me. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Midlife. I've been thinking a lot about curveballs the last couple of weeks, and not just because I'm a baseball fan, which I am. In fact, I was the only girl on my Little League team. Baseball's a skill that has served me well in life, even though I quit organized teams when my mother convinced me that a boy would never ask me to go play baseball, but he would go ask me to play tennis. She was only half right, by the way. For some motivation unbeknownst to me at this moment, I brought my glove to college and a boy named Jeff asked me to go play catch one night on the roof of our dorm. So there, Jeff and I are still friends. The trick to hitting a curveball is to catch sight of the spin on the ball and make a split-second adjustment. You have to predict where the ball is going to go, not where you think it's coming. The ball defies all reasonable laws of physics. It's the perfect metaphor for life. Like the curveball, life does not go according to plan. But somehow, we keep watching to see if life will come right at us. If it will once and for all stop zigging and zagging and line up right in our sweet spot so we can hit it out of the park with little effort. It will not. And the sooner you loosen up and unleash your instincts, the easier it will get to adjust to and meet life where it is. Then you find magic. Then life is full of possibility. Perhaps the reason life and its curveballs are so very front and center for me is that we just celebrated my biggest curveball to date last weekend. When you know, you know. I can't explain how, but those of you that have known know exactly what I'm talking about. You just know. June 2011, I knew. But I bought a pregnancy test to confirm. I waited for the two lines to pop up, and I cried. Those were not tears of joy. These were tears of panic and fear and selfishness. I had two healthy children, 10 and 7. I was about to be 40, old enough to know better, old enough to have doubled my chance for chromosomal abnormality since my last pregnancy, and old enough to be too tired to go through this shit again. Then I dialed my best friend. In a pragmatic, loving, and forgiving voice, she gave me an out, and I cried. These were not tears of relief. They were tears of indignation. This is happening for a reason. We're amazing parents. The earth will be better off for having another one of our offspring, I think. My older children were born in a different city, so I found a new doctor. Our first meeting was in the comfort of her office, surrounded by pictures of her four children. Clearly from the family photos and the petite, fresh-faced doctor facing me with her head covered, she was a religious woman. She asked me what she could do for me, and I cried. These were just tears of despair. Surprisingly, she offered me an exit strategy as well. While I believe it's every woman's right to make a choice for herself, this tiny embryo held the same potential of my other children. I had made my bed, and now I had to lie in it with a suckling piglet that probably would refuse to sleep in its own bed. Off we went to the ultrasound. There was a glimmer of hope. I'd had two miscarriages. Yes, that is a true thought that went through my head. 
but pumping away was a tiny, rapid, robust heartbeat, and I cried. They were tears of resignation and eventuality, and wait, what's that? A little excitement? I waited a week to tell my husband, on Father's Day. The way I worded the card, he thought I was getting him a puppy, and I screamed at him, no asshole, it's a baby, and he cried. And I cried some more because he was ecstatic and he told me everything was going to be great. I believed him. Spoiler alert, he was right. That perfectly healthy baby boy was born nine years ago this past week, Valentine's Day, because he is the embodiment of love. The doctor placed that warm, weighted, wiggling mass on my chest and I cried. I can't speak for the curveball of tragedy or illness. I'm thankful to have no experience on the subject. But the rest of it, I can confidently say that nothing in my life has gone according to plan. And thank goodness, because the universe has a much more creative imagination than I have. But I'm not alone in this. It seems no one's life really goes according to plan. If you're listening to this episode sometime close to its published date, I can confidently say that no one saw this shit coming. Women I talk to have had nothing but curveballs over the last year. Jobs have been lost, marriages have ended, younger children are stuck at home needing massive supervision, older children have had all sense of normalcy ripped from them, traditions and rites of passages have been canceled, some of us are paying out-of-state college tuition for kids to sit in their beds and watch recorded lectures. This year accelerated right past curveball and ended up at clusterfuck. But instead of freaking out at this massive change in plans or any other curveball that presents itself, Let's change that outlook and get excited when another path appears. We've all heard when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Great, but how? First, go ahead and freak out. No one really likes change, and it's okay to give in to that. There's nothing wrong with feeling what you're feeling. Acknowledge those feelings of uncertainty and instability, but then pull yourself together. Understand that what you're experiencing right now is just a moment in time and that the situation can and will get better because you have the power to make that happen. Next, get courageous, curious, and creative and map out different responses and options. A lot of times we shoot down solutions instantaneously with a sweeping, that'll never work. I'd like you to give all your ideas, whether it's one in response to a crisis or something spontaneous, a little room to breathe. Last week I introduced you to my concept of objections and workarounds. Here's another perfect place to use that technique. Write down your ideas, go ahead and list all the obstacles to making each one a reality, then come up with workarounds to achieve what you want. Sure, workarounds don't always come without consequences, but you have the power to decide what you are and are not willing to accept. You have choices in every situation. I hope you're starting to see that. Now trust yourself to take action. Know that you can figure out a way to get to the end result that you want and deserve. Believe that you know what to do and how to do it. You'll probably have to let go of some old ways, and in the end, I think you'll come to find out that being forced to do things differently will be a gift. Inevitably, another human being may be responsible or partially responsible for the situation you find yourself in. Forgive them and yourself for your role. To be angry and accusatory is time and energy better spent on the future solution, not rehashing the events that led you here. We so easily allow the lube in our minds to start playing, and once it gets hold, it is so difficult to shut it off. How often have you found yourself lying awake in bed replaying an event or being distracted from doing something with the same thoughts rolling over and over in your head? Before you know it, a half an hour can disappear. And how about when you try to rewrite the past with different things you would have said or done? What a waste of brain power. Unless you have a time machine, you have zero chance of changing the past. 
All your power and control is over the future. Step into it. Don't get mad and don't plot to get even. Total energy sucks. Just do better. So much better in fact that you become so engrossed in your own success and happiness that you practically forget it even happened. I qualify by saying practically because your sense of justice may be strong like mine and I remember everything. But do your best not to be resentful. I have yet to personally experience or hear of someone else that benefited from letting the poison of resentment fill them and fester. You have to release that shit. Hanging on to any bitterness only hurts you, babe. Rise above the misery. Choose to operate at a different level. Your mind is powerful enough to slough off negativity and open yourself up to possibility. And while I really would like to believe that what goes around comes around, know that you are rarely in the front row to watch karma do her thing. You'll just have to hope for the best. Or is it the worst? Well, really neither. Send good out into the world, even to those who have wronged you. That's the real point of karma. Not to punish others, but to encourage and multiply the good that you will receive. Just focus on you, your actions, and what you can do to show up as a positive force in this world. I promise you will feel freer for it. Believe that life is like a puzzle. It may be in a thousand pieces right now, but it's meant to fit together. You will work everything out in a unique and brilliant manner. Have the expectation that good things are supposed to happen in your life. Reframe this detour as a gift to get you on a new, better path that was supposed to be yours all along. Even in your toughest moments, picture yourself living a life where everything is worked out exactly as it should. Even if that scene isn't crystal clear yet, imagine what you'll be feeling. Is it peace and calm? Maybe security or purposefulness? You know I'm a skeptic and I poo-poo the woo, but only if that's your only plan. If you are making conscious, active choices to control your life and future, I think it's essential that you believe in that better future. Reconfiguring your thoughts and beliefs as you are proactively making decisions is a winning combination. Let's say woo plus do equals new minus poo-poo. Feel free to quote me. Realize the things we go through and heal from are needed and necessary to position you for the next best thing in your life. Sure, we're creatures of habit and will definitely gravitate towards equilibrium and the easiest path. Is it any wonder that we avoid conflict at all cost? But change doesn't happen without catalyst. Look forward to the curveballs. They force you out of your comfort zone and set you up for an upgrade. Playing through life's curveballs requires you to be flexible and agile, and maybe even a little disconnected from the outcomes. A lot of our angst is sourced in our attachment to goals and end results, so much so that we get no enjoyment from the process of actually living. If all you're ever focused on is a specific target, you kind of have no choice but to be disappointed if you quote-unquote miss. But what if your miss is actually a better shot? Can we just agree that nothing is going to go according to plan? And if that's a fact, can we look forward with anticipation to the unexpected and even be excited to see how creative and cunning we can be in our reactions? Have you ever watched a great skier ski down moguls? They're so loose from the waist down that instead of looking like they're crashing down on the bumps, you can insert a video of me here, it looks as if the moguls are rising up to meet them and to pass them gently down the slope. That's what I want life to feel like for you. I want you to welcome the challenges and see them as opportunities to make tweaks and improvements in your life. If you're in an uncomfortable spot right now, 
congratulations. You are perfectly positioned to create your next best chapter. And if you're having trouble hitting the curveball and need some help crafting your plan, you can always email me. So per my mother's demented advice, I did become a tennis player. And in fact, I did play tennis with many boys, but usually only once or twice because I don't play nice. Turns out boys don't find that flirty and attractive. Oh well. But my baseball skills have given me lots of afternoons of pleasure playing catch in the front yard with one or some combination of my three boys and husband. I still have the same mitt from my Little League days. My husband makes fun of it saying it's Babe Ruth's glove because it's old and worn, but it does the trick. I just have to be sure to catch the ball before it makes its way completely into the pocket. A glove that's over 40 years old has no padding left, and as the boys grew bigger and stronger, I suffered many a bruise on the palm of my hand. Oh wow, my glove totally fits today's metaphor for life. We have to make adjustments to protect ourselves too. For your entertainment, I'm going to post pictures of my glove and my team picture from my Little League days on my social media. If you want to be sure you don't miss them, please be sure you like and follow The Midlife on Instagram and Facebook. I'll look forward to your comments, but please be kind. I've been hearing crazy stories this week about how this weather is affecting friends of mine in Texas. If you too have been affected by this nutso storm, I hope you are safe and warm and have power. I guess we'll just chalk it up to another curveball.